Last week, brothers and sisters, in the gospel, we heard of the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember uh, in that story where he was? Just think of that kind of in your mind there. He was, of course, in the desert, in the wilderness, in the lower places. The Judean desert, uh, as you may know, is perhaps near the lowest place on earth, the Dead Sea. This is the, it's like a mile below sea level or something like that. It's pretty crazy. Um, and Jesus, our Lord, goes to that place. He's led by the Spirit to be tempted. And then today we find ourselves where? On a mountain. We have come, not accidentally, from the lowest place on earth to the very heights. The God-man wishes to show us that in no place is he absent. From the depths to the heights, he is there. In the temptation last week, we saw Christ's full humanity without sin. We saw the means of doing battle. We were filled with hope that if Christ, who is fully human, like us in all things but sin, can conquer temptation, then when we are united with him, we will also conquer. Yet there's something more that's necessary for our hearts. We've seen the means of conquering. We've seen that Christ is the way, the only way to conquer sin, the only way to have life. And we have been filled with hope that He remains, us, remains with us in all of the moments of trial that we encounter. We learn from our Lord how to fight temptation. Nevertheless, we might wonder why we ought to begin the journey to resist temptation at all. Where is Christ leading us? It almost seems impious at first glance to ask that question. But if we were to place ourselves in the shoes of those first disciples it would seem very natural to ask that question. Where is this preacher leading me? It's a question we ask on a regular basis still of our friends and our families. Where are we going? Where are you going? It's sometimes said, friends, that the destination is less important than the journey. This is not true. Certainly the way is essential, but the but the destination is prior to the way in intention. Without the destination, there is no journey. You cannot set out to go nowhere. For any movement, there has to be a purpose, some end which we desire. And today, in the transfiguration, we see the purpose. We see the end to which we are called. Christ reveals to his disciples and to us the end for which we are created. And that end is glory. We're called to glory, to share it in the very glory of God himself, to really have the divine approbation as Christ hears from his Father today, so also we are to hear, well, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. The glory of God is man fully alive, says St. Irenaeus, and man fully alive is the vision of God. 
There are moments in our lives which show forth the glory to which we're called. These are those thin places where reality is almost seen, can almost touch or taste to be more than what we can sense. The transfiguration, certainly for Peter, James, and John, was one of those moments. And it is for us as well because it is related to us. The glory of God is on full display. Christ shows forth the glory which comes from being uni- his united comes forth from his human nature being united to divinity. Human nature is at the service of divinity and it thus reaches its apex in that moment. Christ is transfigured before his apostles to reduce the scandal of the cross. By loving foresight, he allowed them to taste for a short time the contemplation of eternal joy for which they were destined so that they might bear persecution bravely. He strengthens them to bear the weight of eternal glory, which will involve first seeing their master go to the cross, and then, after his resurrection, themselves imitating his sacrifice. Friends, sometimes we think that Strong desire is opposed to Christian sensibilities. But this is not Christianity. It's Stoicism. In fact, it is very often that our desires are not too strong, but they're rather too weak. We forget the glory to which we're directed, and when we forget the goal, we lose our way. The Lord wished to increase His disciples and our desire for heaven by showing them, by giving them, by allowing them a taste of glory, even in the midst of suffering. The weight of the glory to which we are called should be a constant point of reflection for you and I, friends. To carry the weight of eternal glory means to live with a perspective on life that takes into account the fact that you and I and every person that we Ever will, that we will ever have met or ever will meet is called to participate in the very life of God. Our destination informs our actions. The call of glory should inform our entire lives. Yet as we consider this mystery of the transfiguration, we might think, but I was not on the mountain with Peter, John, and James. How then am I to know where I shall go? How am I strengthened to look to glory among the trials and sufferings of my life? Look here to this altar and see the answer. There is no surer pledge or clearer sign of our great hope than the Eucharist. Every time this mystery is celebrated, The work of our redemption is carried on and we break the one bread that provides the medicine of immortality, the antidote for death, and the food that makes us live forever in Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord gives you himself each week to remind you of of for what and to where you are destined. The celebration in which we are currently engaged should make us long for the fullness of the glory of heaven. 
St. Thomas Aquinas says that in the Eucharist, a pledge of future glory is given us. We recognize that, that this is supposed to be heaven, friends. A little taste of the glory that we're called to as the transfiguration was a little taste of the glory to which the disciples were called. The Eucharist is clarifying even as it hides. He is hidden behind the appearance of bread and wine. Yet the very act of the worthy reception of Holy Communion is the foretaste of that communion to which we're destined. We celebrate the Eucharist awaiting the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, asking to share in His glory. Friends, long for heaven, even amongst the trials of earth. Long for glory. Think of heaven every day. When you fast, think of heaven. When you pray, think of heaven. When you work, think of heaven. When you feast on the Eucharist today, think of heaven. You are made for glory, and nothing less will satisfy.